Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everybody? The summer heat is here, and BYU athletes and fans are really feeling it in steamy St. George for the BYU Fan Fest. One of the teams represented at the Fan Fest is women's volleyball, a team that had just two losses the entire season, going perfect in conference play. Later in the show, head coach Heather Olmsted will join me to chat about being named assistant coach for USA Volleyball's U21 team, her favorite vacation spot, and which player she thinks will shine next season. But first with me is a guy who has experienced many a fan fest and is definitely a fan favorite himself, Spencer Linton. What's up, Spence? Well, that is quite the introduction. I wouldn't go as far as saying fan favorite, more of just fans deal with me, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) No, I for a fact know that is not true, because whenever anyone finds out I work for BYU, they always ask, so do you know Spencer Linton? (laughs) Seriously. It, they know I'm associated with BYU TV Sports. They ask about you. You really are a fan favorite, Spence. And you've been to different fan fests all over the country, including in Nashville, Tennessee. Which one has been your favorite so far? Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's hard to argue with Nashville just because it was so far out of the comfort zone of just like Provo and the Intermountain West. Like you just wondered like, okay, how many fans are actually going to show up to this thing? And we had a fantastic turnout in Nashville. And it just, it was great to see so many BYU fans gather in that part of the country. So that that probably takes the cake, but I, I've loved Corona, California and Las Vegas, Nevada. We've been to several fan fests in the state of Utah. You mentioned St. George, uh, obviously the one that's happening most recently. But hard to argue with Nashville, Tennessee. That one was was pretty fantastic. Absolutely. What is your favorite part about BYU Fan Fest? Because... Obviously, it's so incredible for fans because there's, you know, there's a lot of different types of athletes. There's cheerleaders. Cosmo's usually there. Kalani Satage. It's just amazing for the fans. From your perspective, what's your favorite part about these fan fests? Probably the access to the players and coaches for the fans and, yes, for our show, but to catch them in a much more relaxed state. You get a way better idea of who the athletes really are, of who the coaches really are in these types of settings. It, it just doesn't happen anywhere else naturally you're not going to see them this way when they're in the heat of competition or even in the week leading up to a big game or a couple of days before a big game because they have to be you know so they can only be so engaged uh, while they stay fully invested in what they're preparing for so to see them in an entirely laid-back atmosphere during the offseason gives you an idea of who they are at home uh, who they are when they're not you know, fully into their work and whatnot. And so I, I think that is a very unique thing about these fan fests. It's just the access and then a look into who they are and their senses, uh, I guess their sense of humor, their personalities, their other interests. It's really fun to get to know about the athletes and coaches in that way in this setting. I always picture little future recruits coming out to these things. That may be a bad way to look at it, but I mean, because you and I were there. We were huge fans growing up, and you remember meeting some of your heroes, uh, coaches, and players, and you're like, I'm going to be a fan for life. Larger than life, right? Absolutely, and that's one of the things I think of, um, and I'm sure one of the reasons they do these fan fests is it also helps with future recruits, but what do you think is the impact of having these fan fests around the country? Well, if anything, it just endears BYU fans that much more to the current coaches and the current players. And it gives them a personal investment. Like like you just mentioned, you meet a certain athlete and you have a good experience. 
now all of a sudden you are totally engaged in what that athlete does and who they are, and you follow their career that much more closely because you have a tangible experience with that player and or coach. It just kind of changes everything. It humanizes them. And as we're learning more in sports and in in media, when you can create an emotion for a fan and tie that person or the fan to a player through those strong emotions, it now goes next level. And so that's why it's way bigger than just the game, just scoring points, scoring touchdowns, you know, scoring a goal, whatever, hitting a home run. It's bigger than that now, especially if you know their backgrounds, the adversities they've been through, and you get to know them a little bit and shake their hand and take pictures with them, and you, ex- you experience it in a different way. Now you have created the fan for life because they have that tangible moment, that tangible experience, and I think that is so powerful. So the Fan Fest really grants... Uh, people an opportunity to really grasp onto them and uh, to feel like it's it's bigger than you know just the sport like I, and, and make the fan feel part of the journey and the adventure and, and the emotion involved there and that's a very very powerful thing and it's not just the athletes and the coaches but people come to see you and Jerem and other uh, faces like that at these fan fests and I've witnessed some of this when people come to see you guys, uh, some of their reactions. But Spencer, what is one of your favorite reactions at one of these fan fests of someone being introduced to you and Jerem or recognizing you and Jerem? I'll share a story with you that happened during our visit to Southern California and the Corona Fan Fest. So we're pushing oh, probably five to six years ago. And we, we made our way down to Southern California and obviously met a ton of awesome people um, at the Fan Fest, and it was super packed. I mean, BYU has a strong, strong presence in Southern California. But this actually happened after the Fan Fest was over. We heard a story. Uh, Ty Detmer and Kalani Satake went to visit uh, a former BYU booster and um, the father uh, of a man that was still very actively involved in supporting BYU and donating money. They go and they meet this older man who is struggling from a a disease, a terminal illness, okay? Mm. And uh, they go in and they meet this man. So here's the Heisman Trophy winner. Here's the head coach of the BYU football team. And they're gathered around his bed and they're, you know, they're laughing a little bit and they're shaking hands. And this man says, where are Spencer and Jerem? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, uh, they're they're at the actual fan fest. Uh, they were there, and he's like, okay, well, why why didn't you bring them? And so they <laughs> oh they tell us this story. But so we got a good laugh out of that. But what became super meaningful was we learned from the family that BYU Sports Nation, the show every day was the thing that got him motivated to get up and get out of bed and walk mm. just to the other room because he had very little energy, but it would get him up each and every day, give him something to look forward to, and he would walk from his bedroom into the other room and sit, and he would watch BYU Sports Nation. And that was extremely powerful for us to hear about that. So I didn't even get to meet him personally. This was actually a story that was told because of the Fan Fest when Kalani and Ty Detmer went to meet him. They came back and shared that with us. And that was uh, one of those journal moments for sure. 
um, oh to hear gosh. that the, the power of the show and media and BYU sports because of what we get to do every day was, was something that would motivate uh, a man that's dealing with a ton of adversity and health issues, but just to know that we were bringing him a little bit of joy, a little bit of a distraction from the real issues he was dealing with, that, that is an unforgettable thing that came directly as a result of a fan fest. It really is such a powerful thing that you guys get to do and to be a representative of an incredible university. And I love that you were kind of in the same breath as Kalani Sataki and Ty Detmer for this guy. That's got to make you feel good, right? Well, sure. Uh, we're, I'm we're just thinking, Jeremy like, Smith. what What in the world? Like, uh, how how does this happen? Does he really know who we are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he watches you every day, and that's why he wants to meet you. And that's I think that's the coolest part about it. All right, well, there are a lot of representatives at this fan fest and there were some incredible seasons and performances during the 2021 and 22 season, especially Spencer on the women's side, as you know, very well, women's basketball having the best regular season in its history, women's soccer, making it to the national championship game, volleyball going 30 and two perfect in conference play softball, winning the conference title for their 13th year in a row track and field doing what they always do and gymnastics with a strong showing. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but everyone has one more chance to dominate the WCC before entering the Big 12. So, Spencer, on the women's side and based on who's coming back, who do you expect to have the best 2022-23 season? I'm going to lean towards BYU softball because I feel like this team is extra motivated based on what happened this season. They put together the best record in program history, 42-10. and 10. They closed the season with 17 straight wins. They're co-champions of the WCC. 13 consecutive years, they have been a conference champion, but they got snubbed and did not make the NCAA tournament because they lost two of three games in conference to LMU, and LMU won the tiebreaker in the automatic bid for the West Coast Conference. I believe that will drive and motivate the BYU softball team like no other. They will schedule harder. They will play harder. They will train harder because of the streak of NCAA tournament appearances coming to an end. They had been to 16 straight NCAA tournaments. Missing out on that this year and having that streak come to an end after their best record in program history and just feeling Mm. totally slighted is going to motivate them like no other. It's going to be tough for a team like BYU soccer to better what they did last year when they made that epic run to the national championship. And BYU volleyball, they're so consistent. I mean, they're they're, year in and year out, they're a Sweet 16 team. If we're talking just like motivation, like who's going to like go next level? Oh man, it's got to be BYU softball because they are super, super discontent and uncomfortable about how things ended and them not having the opportunity to play in the tournament. So things are going to change. The record might not be as good. The schedule will certainly be tougher, but they will win the West Coast Conference in dominating fashion, and they will not let what happened this year happen again. They were astronomically snubbed. Like, it was insane. They have nothing to prove and yet have everything to prove at the same time. Weird, I mean, I don't know. Yes, I don't know what else you do if you're them besides go undefeated in conference play. But you have Violet Zavodna coming back. She's an incredible leader for that team. I I believe she's just a sophomore. Is that right? Yep. Just a sophomore. She's clearly the best player in the conference. And she didn't win the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. So, again, like there are just so many motivating factors by what did not happen for a team that did accomplish a number of great things. I feel like it will absolutely drive them to another level. On the men's side, football went 10-3, and three, beat Utah, but ended on a sour note with a loss to UAB. 
Tyler Algier moved on, but Jaron Hall returns along with a hopeful dynamic offense. Men's hoops fell shy of the NCAA tournament, had kind of a rocky offseason with all the transfers, but have also gained some good recruits. Uh, Baseball has been gaining momentum at the end of the season, and men's volleyball had an uncharacteristically bad season, going just 8-17. and So, Spencer, which of these teams do you expect to make the biggest leap in the 2022-23 season? Yeah, you can't keep Sean Olmstead down for long the head coach at BYU <laughs> men's volleyball, and they went through some obvious growing pains, but we did see these moments later in the season where they had number one ranked UCLA on the ropes. And it's like, yeah. ah, okay, the capability is absolutely there. BYU is very rarely not a team in the top five of the national polls, and they spent the majority of this season outside of the top ten. So if we're talking just strictly leaps, Sean Olmstead's going to go out and he's going to recruit some elite-level athletes. They're going to build on the experience that they had with the super young players that got a ton of experience this year. I mean, led by Mix Romanus. I know they say goodbye to Davide Gardini, but mm-hmm. Mix Romanus, young core. Sean's going to go out and find some elite-level talents, and they will be making the biggest leap. They will be back in regularly in the top eight of the national polls. So technically... That team, I believe, is going to take the biggest leap. It will feel like BYU men's basketball is going to take the biggest leap because I believe they will get back into the NCAA tournament. People are like, whoa, 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 everybody's leaving, Spencer. What are you talking about? (laughs) Watching how this roster is coming together and finding out, you know, who truly is bought in now for Mark Pope, Mm -hmm. that matters. And I know they lost Alex Barcelo and T. John Lucas, but the dynamic of this team with who is coming back and the pieces they're adding from the transfer portal and new recruits, again with the attitude that we're all bought in. Like we went through the worst of the worst in the three years of Mark Pope Mm -hmm. and didn't get to the NCAA tournament. So the remaining core with the additional pieces that absolutely want to be at BYU That matters. And guess what? The coaching staff, after having gone through a really, really tough situation with bad injuries and not getting to the tournament and struggling a little bit in the West Coast Conference, that will drive them as well. So through adversity, man, I'm a big believer in, like, the ability for a team to reset, unite, and then grow together. And I feel like they will have significant growth, and the buy-in will be huge this summer. The staff's learning things. They're adjusting The core is back that all want to be here. The new pieces clearly want to be here, even after a tough season, and that's going to matter. This team is going to gel on a way, way faster trajectory than we saw last year's pieces unable to come together, especially after those injuries, and I'm buying in. So it's going to be men's volleyball who takes the actual biggest leap, Mm -hmm. but it's going to feel like BYU men's basketball takes that biggest leap because they're going to be on a trajectory to get back into the NCAA tournament. You know, and, and you never know what's going to happen, but it seems like Mark Pope is a guy that you can't keep down for long. I think he will do anything he can to prevent two subpar seasons from happening in well, a row. Well, what's and, hilarious is we're calling 25 wins in a trip to the NIT yeah, quarterfinals no, subpar, true. right? We're spoiled. It's true. We're yeah, spoiled. Absolutely. But, but he knows. He knows the standard yep. that he has set in his first two years here was, look, we're a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament, and so when we don't hit that mark, we don't get to the tournament, then the season was not what we wanted it to be. We didn't hit our major goal. Like, we got to change that. we got we got to get going. And it's the last year that BYU's in the West Coast Conference, Lauren. This is yep. the last chance that BYU has to win any type 
of a West Coast Conference championship. It's probably not going to be in the regular season because Gonzaga is going to be absolutely loaded again. But just maybe, well, yeah. just maybe BYU wins the tournament championship. They get hot. They win three games in Las Vegas. And for the first time in 22 years, BYU wins a conference tournament championship. Like that's a motivating factor as well. And wouldn't that be incredible to do it your very last year in the WCC? I just want to see them not lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. And that's, I mean, that's so hard. It's just incredibly hard. But I want them to have some momentum heading into arguably Spencer, the hardest basketball conference in the country. So that's me lighting the fire under men's basketball. Let's make it happen. Come on. Take the lead. Phenomenal season last season in the WCC. Beat Gonzaga. One last time, don't yeah. you think? Wouldn't yeah. that be just sweet? Oh, it'd be it would be fantastic. It would be the perfect swan song, you know, almost poetic. Like finally, finally, we yep. we got it done in the West Coast Conference, and BYU can leave knowing that they did it at least one time. Huge task because Gonzaga has gone to another level. But yep. yeah, it would be the perfect swan song. And I know fans are like, well, what about football? What about football? Football's already at an amazing level. They've won twenty one yeah. games in the last two years, like. The next step for them, like taking a major leap from where they are, would be like finishing in the top 10 and going to a New Year's Six bowl game. I'm not putting it past this team, but like (laughs) they're already at a really good level. So it's hard to move up when you're already a top 25 team. Well, and we have to wait, unfortunately, a few more months before we can see that happen. Spencer, thank you so much, my friend, for joining me on this beautiful day. Please do not fry to death in St. George, okay? Uh, I I will not do that. And for those wondering, Lauren, (laughs) because I know you're counting down the days. Okay, so it's Saturday, right? So from Saturday, it is 105 days until BYU takes on the USF Bulls in Tampa, Florida. 105 days away. Let's go! Let's do it. All right, coming up, BYU women's volleyball head coach and the reigning ABCA Pacific South Region Coach of the Year, Heather Olmstead, up next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. BYU women's volleyball is consistently dominant year in and year out. And that's in large part to their head coach, Heather Olmstead. She won AVCA Coach of the Year in 2018 and is the reigning WCC Coach of the Year and AVCA Pacific South Region Coach of the Year. And she's on with me now. Thanks for coming on with me, Heather. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to join you. Absolutely. It's been a little while since I've talked to you. You guys, you just mentioned that uh, you have your schedule coming up in the next few weeks. Tell me about that. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you about the schedule because I want people to get excited, (laughs) but I want to just tease that we're going to be releasing our fall schedule in the next little bit. And I think it's just a great assortment of uh, teams that people are going to be excited about coming to the Smithfield house, uh, where we're going on the road. And I I know our girls, we haven't told the whole schedule to even the girls on our team. So we'll let our team know and then let uh, Cougar Nation know, but we're excited about the, the fall 22 season. Well, I mean it when I say this. There is nothing like watching women's volleyball in the Smithfield house. It is it is just incredible entertainment year in and year out. And Heather, you've been named assistant coach for the USA Women's Volleyball U21 team. How did that all come about? Yes, that's something exciting coming up for me that always is an opportunity that I'm so grateful for to work with USA Volleyball in Karch Karai, who's the, the national team head coach. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I've been able to work with USA in the past. So I'm in, in the system as far as coaches go. I've had a little bit of experience with USA and I got asked to participate as an assistant coach on this U21 roster that's heading to the Pan Am Cup in, in Cabo, Mexico in the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited for the coaches that I'm going to be working with, the, the head coach and another assistant that I get to learn from and um, the wonderful players that, that made the the roster of 20 that we've got to get down to 12 in about six to seven days. Uh, we'll get down Man. to 12 and take a, a group to Mexico. Yeah. That doesn't sound like that's easy cutting down that quickly practices start next week. What's it like for you, Heather, coaching some of the girls that you have already played against or will coach against in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's just a unique opportunity to, to gather the, some of the best young women across the country. Some are in high school, finishing up their high school career. Some are, we'll have some freshmen in college that just finished up a couple years of, of collegiate experience. So that's good for our team to have a, as, as old as we can get for the U21 age group. Um, it's, it's an honor just to meet players from all over the country, different levels that are playing for different coaches. And for us to show them the USA way and get and introduce them. Some of them have been on USA teams before and they're repeat players, but get them introduced to the USA way of uh, how Karch Karai runs his program and, and, and to, to look for the opportunity for them to represent USA. So cool. Do, do you get any downtime while you're in Mexico? Like, are you going to be able to go lay out on the beach at any time? No, usually I've done a couple of these international USA trips. We uh, have a tournament that lasts about four days and then you have a, a day off and then you get to the quarters and the semis that day off USA is pretty good about getting us somewhere where we can relax. And luckily enough, we're in Cabo. So I think the beach is in our future, but I won't say for sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that sounds phenomenal so. right about now. Yeah. I hope it is for you too. Um, Heather, uh, I hope you get a little downtime in the summer. I want to know what's, what's your favorite vacation spot that you like to visit? Oh, Hawaii, Hawaii easily hands down. I, I love yeah. Hawaii. I love all the islands trying to ask me what my favorite Island is, is, um, you know, just a difficult question. So like, I can't even answer. I <laughs> enjoyed every Island of the Hawaiian islands I've been to. So hands down Hawaii. There really is nothing like Hawaii. You, your players obviously have to stay in great shape in the off season to be ready to play. And you always keep yourself healthy and fit as well. But I want to know, Heather, what's your guilty pleasure meal or treat? Diet Coke. <laughs> really? Is that, is that, is that a daily yeah, thing? Diet Coke. Um, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I like ice cream. I, um, <laughs> but yeah, I have most of my girls know that a diet Coke will make me pretty happy. A couple wins in my pocket, you know, and I'm a happy camper. <laughs> a diet Coke and a couple wins. I love it. Recipe. Uh, they know last how to make year me happy. They're, they're, they're an awesome yes. bunch. They please me quite a bit. So. Hey, I mean, if diet Coke though is the key, that's you're pretty easily pleased. I, I love know, it. I know. <laughs> last year your team went 32 perfect in conference and got to the third round of the ncaa tournament just an incredible year each year heather you you guys have a new team you have returning players of course but new girls coming in which create a whole new dynamic when you look at who you have coming in and who's coming back for this season what gives you hope for another great season in 2022 yeah i'll just add to what you said um i don't know if people realize because i didn't realize it till after we accomplished it to go undefeated um mm with, with the group that we had, we've had so many good teams. We've had two final four teams in the past eight, nine years that have come through here that didn't go undefeated in conference. So what our team did last year to go undefeated and to, to get to, to the sweet 16 was just such a, a, an honor to be a part of and um, kudos to that team. And 
yeah, looking forward with those returning. I mean, we've got so many players um, that are chomping at the bit, young and returners that, that want to get back out there this fall and, and continue to get better. We've got, you know, senior Heather Knighting, who's been here since 2018. Um, we've got, you know, Whitney Bauer, who um, is going into her, her senior year and, and been here, you know, since she was 17 years old. And, and we've just got a great group of girls and, and many other players that are excited to, to lead this group and see how good this group can be. So from an outsider's perspective, the key to your consistency just seems to be obviously when, when you have success, good players want to come to your program and, and you are an amazing coach and amazing person. So people want to come play from you, but from your perspective, how has BYU women's volleyball been so consistent in winning and being dominant for the past, I don't know, like decade or more. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, the players, it's all about the players. They're the magic. They really are. When you come and you watch the the girls with their energy, I know you've been at so many games, you felt it. you've been, you know, in the huddles. So it's, it's, it's the girls, it's the players, uh, it's the coaches, it's the staff. I've got a great staff and Dave Height and Johnny Neely that assist me. And uh, it's the administration that supports volleyball, women's volleyball, and puts a priority on us and, and makes us feel like we're important and that we're the one of the premier sports at BYU. But um, Cougar Nation comes out and supports and, and wants to, to see what our girls can do. And that creates excitement for, for everybody. So the players are the secret um, and they put in the work like they're doing now, you know, heading into the fall and, and we train them up as best we can. And we're proud of the product we put on the court every year and excited to see how far, you know, this year's team can take us in, in the fall of 22. Well, not only did your team have an incredible season last year, but soccer made it to the national championship game, women's basketball, had the best regular season in history, softball track and field dominated. What does it mean to you to see all these other BYU women's teams having so much success? I think for me that one of the coolest things when you think about that was that's after, you know, COVID I, and that was a, a trying mm-hmm. time for all of us and, and how much BYU administration and the president, vice president put into our athletic department to football, to play in the fall of 2020, make sure they were able to play that you're, you're seeing us reap the benefits of, of that, of getting through that, of, of putting in the work financially, physically, emotionally, all the things that need to happen and to have such a good year, after some trying times, I mean, it's, it's so exciting to support other teams and see how well they did. And yeah, super stoked for those, those teams that have had success and we're glad we're a part of them. Absolutely. I'm talking to Heather Olmstead, head coach for BYU women's volleyball. Heather, thank you so much for coming on with me today and taking the time. And please tell me that you will go lay on the beach while you're in Mexico. Oh, absolutely. I'm taking my sunblock just in case. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Heather. Thanks. Appreciate it, Lauren. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Heather Olmstead and Spencer Linton for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.